For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Talk of the Town with Steve Bakken. Weekday morning starting at 9 on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. on Super Talk 1270. Talk of the Town, brought to you by Big Boy, just get in line, it moves fast. Dakota Pharmacy and Dakota Natural Health Center, we're here to help you stay well. Trademark Realty, Peak Automotive and Service, and Silver Ranch. Good morning, my friends. You're tuned to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270, and uh, this is a wonderful Tuesday morning. A little bit of fog in some scattered areas out there, mostly uh, north of the Bismarck-Mandan area, so do be careful if you're out driving around. Some foggy areas causing maybe a little bit of slick roads out there, but things are going to warm up nicely. Uh, Some new records around the state. Uh, Dickinson uh, expected to break their standing high for today by at least 10 degrees in Bismarck, uh, Mandan, right on the cusp of setting a new record as well. So uh, uh, un- unseasonably warm weather in January, but things are getting very, very hot when you start talking politics. And joining us on the program, Charles Tuttle right now uh, to talk about uh, some of the races. Uh, one of the places I want to start, though, because before we get into... Who's jumping into what races? Uh, Charles, you, you sent me some information about uh, rule number 10. For those that aren't aware, explain what rule number 10 is and how it pertains to uh, the Republican convention. Because there's a lot, of, a lot of talk about some of the candidates and who can and cannot run at the convention. And we're going to unpack some of that today. Welcome to the program. Hey, good morning, Steve. Good morning. Um, yeah, they, they had these rules that they, they that Perry Schaefer put in place, and the rules were primarily to disenfranchise the grassroots of our party. Because, as you know, with Burgum being Bill Gates and and you got you got our three Stooges that seem to be voting left. I mean, we got Kramer voting for a carbon tax. They had to try and retain power. How do you retain power when you've got hundreds of people showing up that want to change things? You got to you got to shut them out, and so they made these rules to shut these people out. For instance, I remember Tioga; they had 94 delegates, and even their legislators did not get slated as delegates. It was all grassroots patriot people, and they don't want these people at these conventions. They don't want to lose control, and so this rule 10 simply says that you have to pay to the play, you have you have run as an independent, uh, um, okay, libertarian so, 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 or Democrat. S- slow down a you second, can't Charles. Run at the convention I, for six years. Charles, I, I want to slow down a little bit because I mm-hmm. want to get this one by one. So explain the pay to play. Because okay. I'm, I'm thinking our so, political system, everybody should, because... We hear it a lot in North Dakota, citizen legislature, citizen legislature. It's not a club, <laughs> not a club. Explain yeah. the pay-to-pay side of things yeah. as you see it. Well, the actual pay is you have to pay $5,000 for a senatorial or governatorial race. You can't pay can't just jump in the race. Now, that goes to the, to the party. The party. The Republican it, it, GOP. And you have to pay 3500 for congressional races. You have to pay twenty five hundred for state executive officers. No fee for national committee woman at, uh, or committee man. So they incorporated these fees to try and stop. Well, they use uh, um, you know such people. Uh, Hendrickson who used to run against uh, Kramer, and they didn't like people. They don't want. The average Joe to stand up and make a speech. So they only want the the uh, the chosen, um, you know, what do you call it? Royalty. 
Well, well I, I, a, ter- I, I, a term I've been hearing bantered around a lot lately were um, those behind the scenes, also known as kingmakers. Uh, I've been hearing yeah. that terminology, as, especially associated with the governor's race, um, as that's yeah. proceeding. Well, that, you, know, you have to have the pedigree. Look at Michael Howe. He has that pedigree from the Bonanza farmers, and, you know, old money. Uh, that's pedigree. C- Castleton's pedigree. Um, and, and Mike Armstrong. Being an oil baron, he's pedigree. So they have to have the right pedigree. I, I mean, I, I'm sorry, but Kelly Armstrong, so, I listened to his interview yesterday with, with the, the Democrats, Rob Port, and I don't know who the other guy was. And it, it was it was sad. He actually stated on there that if his wife decided that she wanted to run, he would step aside and let her run. Now, that may have been jokingly, but you don't joke about this is a serious, serious position you're running for, and I don't hear any vision for North Dakota. So I, I've, from these I, I've not heard. So, so if you want to extrapolate from the legislature's talking points, where they're always talking about citizen legislator, where it's not a club, it's but you're throwing in the pedigree side of things there. <laughs> to, to, to me, at least in in my little earworm. Those two don't mesh. It, it, it that you're talking about a system that's not open for everybody, hence not a citizen legislature. And okay, someone told me yesterday <laughs> that Bergham has promised Nathan and his district that the the legislators that didn't show up for their meeting. Someone district told 30. me yesterday that Bergham promised them a million dollars to get them through the primary, so that the chosen district people which obviously you want the districts to decide who they want representing them, not the governor or the ex-governor. And yet I'm told that he's offering a million dollars to Mike Nathie because Mike Nathie seems to be the guy who's opened up the legacy fund for all the elite people to have all that money. Well, I know not working for Bismarck, Nathie's been working for Fargo all along, so extrapolate out what you will. Um, we're talking with Charles Tuttle. We're breaking down uh, some of the potential candidates, but we're getting back to uh, rule number 10 here when we come back from the break. This is Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. Super Talk. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 70. Welcome back to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. You're tuned to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. I'm Steve Michael along with Charles Tuttle joining us uh, talking about Rule 10 when it comes to the uh, Republican convention and who can and cannot run. We're walking through that right now. And it actually, Charles, it's kind of ironic since uh, you and I spoke yesterday and uh, uh, you sent me some of the information on that. Uh, I've had about uh, seven or eight people reach out to me going, hey, do you know about this? Well, yes, we do. <laughs> and, and we're talking about it right now on Talk of the Town. Good, good. We uh, started a firestorm. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. actually in the Century Code 16.1-03-14 where it calls for endorse with an elective. So when you're having an election and it's in the Century Code, okay, now we've got all these rules preventing people from being elected, that's a violation of law. So when they are making rules that, that they get to play and others don't, and it's in the Century Code that it's asking for an election, elections are free and fair, open to all. Okay, Charles, are we talking about semantics, though? Because what's the definition of an election? And you could have one candidate running an election or multiple candidates, a whole slate of candidates running an election. Is this about the precursor to the quote-unquote election and the mechanism that kind of slots uh, 
who gets to be a candidate because that's where I've got a problem. I, I, I've got a serious problem with that because if we're going to have open, free, and clear elect, anybody should be able to put their name on the ballot. You know, it, mm-hmm. if my sanitation worker or a nurse or a firefighter or a uh, police officer, a teacher wants to step up and throw their name on the ballot, God bless you for being engaged. But they should be. They shouldn't have roadblocks or hurdles put in front of them. So what's the well, ration, I, rationale on the financial the, side? I think the petition process is fair in that sense. Yes. That you have to go out and get enough get the petitions, petitions yep, yeah. get the support. Um, the attachment of a financial mm-hmm. note to this, I, I've got a serious problem with. Yes, yes. I mean, I think it's a clear violation of the of century code. And the same thing with, with uh, you know, saying that making rules that you know are targeting individuals that you don't want up there. Okay? So, you know, Al Yeager ran as an independent. I ran as an independent. Rick Becker ran as an independent. Independent is not a party. No, it's a lack of independent. It's a lack of affiliation. That's all it is. It's not a party. You're correct. It's a lack of affiliation. Yeah. So it... If if somebody wants to be an independent, or somebody that isn't independent switches and and goes over to the Republican side or the Democratic side, then there you're coming from a neutral place. You're not you're not the opposition. You're not trying to infiltrate ranks. You're coming from a neutral position. So there well, should not be a penalty. Some for that. people are, but some people aren't. Most well, of in us theory, are true Republicans that don't like the. Democrat that's pretending to be a Republican run. You know, I, I I got in this discussion with somebody yesterday, and the biggest problem with the Republican Party in North Dakota, because and you know where I've stood for a long time on supermajorities. Not a fan of them. That's not a way our representative republic was set up. We're supposed to have conversations. Uh, supermajorities just create infighting because you wind up watering down the principles of a party. And I went through this, this in when I lived in Michigan and I saw on the Democratic side the supermajority and how they ran that state into the ground. Uh, now we've got a supermajority here in North Dakota on the Republican side, a super supermajority. The biggest problem we've got is who do you have a discussion with across the aisle? Who do you who do you work with for a better outcome? Bigger picture problem. The biggest problem we've got in North Dakota right now. Actually, uh, two. I'll throw two. Uh, the biggest problem we've got, one, is a defunct Democratic Party where if you want to get elected and you're a Democrat, the only way to do that is throw an R behind your name and now you're yeah. a viable candidate. Well, what you're yeah. doing is you're watering down the principles of what that R stands for. Hence the term rhino, Republicans in name only. We've got a lot of them. Now, the other side of that is you go to a convention and... The Republican Party in North Dakota has had this really bad habit, and I consider it a bad, bad habit, of instead of putting up the best candidate for a race, they will die on the sword of an incumbent. What if that incumbent did a crappy job? What if there's a better candidate for that position? What if somebody can knock it out of the park, but nope, wait your turn? No. Yeah. So those Kirsten are the Kirsten Baszler is a perfect example. Great of that. example. Kirsten Baszler, great example. Those are the yeah. two biggest problems. I and by the way, that is a nonpartisan position. And it yeah. was set up as a nonpartisan position because it's not supposed to be about politics. It's That's supposed correct. to be about the betterment the of the children. children. Yes. It's supposed to be for the kids. And then yes. somebody goes and attaches their coat strings onto a party that happens to be in power and carry the power for the purpose of not betterment for the kids, the purpose of getting elected. Well, if you remember Uh, that race, I was running against her and she got the DUI and they immediately were going to shut down that portion of the convention and not have it. I had to fight with Shane Ghetto and these guys were, hey, this isn't fair because he... I didn't go out and drink and drive. I, I went through the same steps she did. Now you're going to close it off because that shows you the favoritism. Then next thing you know, COVID hit. She's on every every press conference with Doug Burgum right next to his side. This is how the kingmakers in North Dakota work. And what they've done, they've closed out the people. And now it's all about stealing the wealth of our state. And that's what they've been doing. 
and the budgets are out of control. The people don't benefit. I just found out yesterday, illegally, the League of Townships and Association of Counties sent out a flyer to all the township trustees poo-pooing the property tax, telling everybody how they won't have money if they pass this um, property tax uh, bill. Charles, I want to come back to that after the break. I, I, I do want to talk about the money because there's one thing none of these candidates have talked about. And, and I want to point this out. And it comes back to the taxes. It comes back to the property taxes. And I believe in equilibrium. I, I don't, you know, there should be balance in tax because if you're going to push the tax burden to somebody else, then somebody's going to be unduly paying that burden. So I believe in balance. Balance in government, balance in politics, balance in nature, balance in everything. Things work best in equilibrium. We're going to come back and talk a little bit about the one thing the candidates, none of them, I've heard talking about when we come back. We're talking with Charles Tuttle. This is Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. When you come up at 10 o'clock, we're going to visit with uh, the guru of geek and the tech ranch coming up at 10 o'clock on Super Talk 1270. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, Everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Without apology, the regular Joe Show. With Joe Giganti, weekday evenings at 9 on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. Talk of the Town, brought to you by Big Boy. Just get in line, it moves fast. Dakota Pharmacy and Dakota Natural Health Center. We're here to help you stay well. Trademark Realty, Peak Automotive and Service, and Silver Ranch. Welcome back to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 12. Super Talk. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones, who get it done. Welcome back to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. You're tuned to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. I'm Steve Bach along with Charles Tuttle, and I apologize for the operator error, but we're going to just have a little bit longer segment uh, for wrapping up with Charles concerning Rule 10. And uh, Charles, so coming back to what I have not heard from any of the candidates is the growth of government. Uh, if There's a lot of onus put on uh, initiated measure right now for getting rid of property taxes. Uh, Governor Doug Burgum was pushing to get rid of income tax, which is negligible in North Dakota anyway. Um, so it, it was, I view it as, well, hey, it's a great talking point for if you're running for president. That's about it. Um, but the ability to get rid of all taxes in North Dakota or make them all incredibly reduced. Maybe it's a 1% flat tax across the board. I think that exists because one thing I'm not hearing from any of these candidates in any of the races is the growth of government. We see this in Washington, but right here in North Dakota, look at the growth of government. And I, I'm not going to pick on Ed Schaefer, who did some great things in North Dakota. I love Ed to death. And you have to remember, it was a little bit different time. Look at the financial situation North Dakota was in, losing population. And he grew government. But there was a lot of projects that needed to be done by the state. And you had to ramp up some workforce for that. So throw Ed out of that. But out of that, take a look at the Hovind administration, Dalrymple, and Governor Doug Burgum took it on steroids I mean steroids. You mm-hmm. take a look at the growth of government in the state of North Dakota and the growth of those budgets to support that growth of government. It's not far to make a little extrapolation that if we got back into living within our means from the growth of government perspective, 
How easy would it be to get rid of all taxes in North Dakota? How easy would it be to to function as a working state meeting the needs and the public safety needs of its residents and get rid of taxes? I I think it's doable. I, I you could do a one percent flat tax across the board. You could do you could do a lot of things. Stop growing even government. The, even at the growth that we've had, Steve, we could eliminate it. We had two billion dollars extra when we started this session, and then they found another billion. We could have eliminated income tax, property tax, and sales tax for one year. Let's just have have a hiatus for one year. Tax holiday, and you you would see. See, that's what people don't realize, that for every pen, every dollar put back in the pockets of the citizens, the chamber says it's spent seven times. So when you take a $1.2 billion tax break to the citizens of North Dakota, that's a $7 billion asset that's put back into the economy. No one talks about that because they don't want you to know that. Well, I always look... Give it to- I always look through the lens of economic development, and I don't see any better economic development than that right there. Exactly. If it's good for a few people, then why would it be good for all? Absolutely. So, but that's the one piece I have not heard is stop growing government. because, And I'll put this on the Republicans because they've been in charge. Look at the growth of government under the Republicans. Well... Yep. Except Doug well, Burgum, because he's not a Republican, he's a globalist. But, the rhinos. Right, the rhinos. Look at the growth yeah. of government. That's got to stop. We cannot continue. Look at the DHS budget, a third of the finances for we the state of North Dakota. Of the health and human services, period. You know, it's funny, when they when they took the, the, the uh, spending away from the counties and said, oh, the state will come in. I didn't hear anybody complaining about local control on that issue. Did you? No. <laughs> Not at all. Isn't that funny? Well, and and there's but there's a few other things the state should take over the funding for. Education is one. Get rid of property. Well, you know, by the Constitution. Yeah. Tell you what, if if you got rid of property taxes or just the take a look at just the educational piece. So the state comes in and picks up uh, the educational piece. And the rest of your top property tax bill is is your own. But for most people, so almost 50%. Yeah. It goes to education. If the state's funding that, that it, are we having are we having this discussion about getting rid of property taxes right now? No. Nope. No. Not at all. Probably not. Nope. So Anyway, I want to come back to Rule 10 because what this looks like, um, because, and, and frankly, at this point, we can probably call it the Rick Becker bill or the Rick Becker rule. Yep, yep, yep. Because uh, we were discussing a little bit about, um, you know, if you're an independent, are you affiliated with a party? No. Um, it, you're coming from a neutral position. You're a void. Well, if you go into only, a neutral position. Al Yeager ran as an independent because he didn't have a choice. He wasn't nominated. Right. Remember? But we all knew he wasn't running again. He was a placeholder. That, he well, was, it doesn't matter. We all knew he was a Republican. We right. know Rick Becker's a Republican. We know Charles Tuttle's a Republican. We, these aren't people that are independent in the sense of the independents that are out there deciding who they want to vote for. These are people that don't want Democrats running as Republicans. Hey, I will say this, though, just on a, on a side note. I saw a number yesterday, and I haven't verified it yet, but it was on one of the major news networks uh, where they were breaking down some of the politics of the p- political affiliation. And in their polling, 43%, and in, in, you have to remember any polling, uh, you can skew that. It's just statistics, and I can make statistics say anything I want. If I pull 10 people coming out of a Whole Foods in Seattle, Washington, I know exactly what they're going to say. So you can make a poll say whatever you want. But Credible News Source and their polling indicated that 43% of eligible voters that were polled, and I haven't looked into where the polling came from, but in their poll, 43% identified as independent. So that- and, I, and I, I think the half of that is just because they don't want to affiliate with a party. But most of those people are conservatives. Typically. And sometimes we hold our nose and vote for Mitt Romney, right? Right. Well, I didn't. Couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've always voted Republican. There, there, I, I, there's only so much you can. Only so much you can take. Used to sit at the fair for four hours and volunteer at the Republican booth. When they found out I was talking real conservative issues, they didn't want me working there anymore. I did that for eight years. <laughs> we have a real problem in the Republican Party being infiltrated by Democrats. I won't argue with that. Charles, I want to get back to um, rule number 10. So now we've got a rule that says, and we'll call it the Rick Becker rule, uh, he can't get the party endorsement for six years, correct? That's correct. Okay. So what if he were to get elected? <laughs> we, we, we know Rick is a Republican. He's not an independent. Mm-hmm. He still so, wouldn't be able to run under that rule. Right. <laughs> but what happens what happens in two years when he has to run again? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He, he wouldn't be able that that I didn't even think about that. That's even more ironic. <laughs> so does yeah. he go to Washington as a Republican or does he go to Washington as an independent? Because he, here's the other thing. Remember my statement, one of the things that's wrong with the state of North Dakota and the Republican Party is the fact that they will die on the sword for an incumbent. What if the incumbent's an independent? But the other part of that is, look who they recruit. I mean, wasn't a, wasn't that long ago they were trying to recruit Corey Mock to step over to the Republican side because not of his principles, not of his Republican values, not of his conservatism, because he's electable. Yep. So would, yep. would the party try to embrace Rick Becker going, hey – we feel it's more important that you have an R behind your name than what that R stands for. Now, in Rick's case, I know what the R stands for. But you've got a history. You've got a history. His new girlfriend is Shannon Rorsch Jones, and she's a Republican. So maybe he's is she? become more Republican. <laughs> Charles, is she now? Come on. <laughs> oh. So anyway... I. What does this look like going forward uh, with Rule 10 well, on, we're on the challenge floor? This rule now, because of the Century Code in 16.1-03-14, it has to, we have to have what's called election. And I don't think that when you skew the election in your favor, I think that that's, I think a, a court would look unfavorably on that. So timing-wise, what does that look like? Because the other part of that, too, is I, I've heard that it can be asked for a floor vote, and then two-thirds can overturn that. I, I, I think to, to suspend the rule. To suspend the rule. But, but the rule would still be in place. It just buying, suspended so, for that. Here, here's the thing. If they're buying people to go to the convention, that's also a violation of the century code. They're paying for votes. Pay to play. So those people then would be voting on, obviously, on the suspension of the rules. And and that would probably not work out for the true, honest voters. So, again, you're throwing in voters there that don't. I mean, we had people that Hovind brought in that were Democrats that didn't even know. They were just there to support Hovind. And when they voted for Hovind, they all left. And that, you know, it's like it's like. I've seen this where some districts they'll they'll buy them dinner and drinks before they go over. Uh, I think it was with Stenjum and his wife. They they had eighty some people for dinner that night, paid for their drink, took them over to the endorsing convention. They all got endorsed his wife, and they all left. And when they came to Centrizuki, none of their people were there. They were screaming bloody murder. Hey, our people left. It's like I was laughing. I said, "Well, you should have told your people not to leave church early." <laughs> no, it was more to it than just that. All right, so, so now that's what they do—they bribe people to come and vote for them, and that again, I think, is a violation of the century code. So now <clears throat> I, I want to throw a different layer on that because now we've got a track record here. So, and, and this is why this is interesting with that rule ten. So, if you take a look at rule ten. Um, and Senator Kevin Kramer was the first one to do this when he ran for the House without the endorsement. Uh, skipped the, the the Republican convention because he knew he couldn't win there. Went straight to the primary, got elected. Um, Senator or Governor Doug Burgum 
same route. I, I was at that convention in 2016, and Doug walked up on the stage, and I don't think he should have been able to speak because he wasn't there running as a candidate for the convention. He walked up on stage and said, hey, everybody, screw you that are here, but make sure you vote for me in June. Right. So we do have a track record within the Republican Party of unsaid support and nom- and and for at the time I'll well, call, I'll, I'll, so I'll, at the time Kevin I'll call him independence. I, I talked to Kevin long before that. He had Harold Ham's money. Harold pledged millions of dollars to get him in Congress, so he had no need to go to the convention. That was. Brian Cork fought it out with Shane Gettle. Remember that? Yep. Now, you got to remember, too, Kevin wasn't allowed on the floor. He wasn't allowed to speak at the convention. Doug Burgum was. Mm-hmm. Same yep. scenario. So my point with this is apparently these rules are extremely fluid. Yeah. And the kingmaker at that time was John Hoven. John Hoven had the machine. Remember? Well, yeah, it, it's the odd, the Odney Pat Finken machine, which is still there. It, it's, it, it's you know, people refer to it as the Hoven Secession Plan. It was supposed to be Drew Wrigley and Julie Fedorchek, and Drew yep. had, had some personal issues, and so we wound up with Doug Burgum. And don't don't think that that plan isn't still out there somewhere to get back oh, on sure. track. Oh, sure uh, and, and and Drew uh, Julie wound up being the first female governor of North Dakota. That that was the plan. Now you got yep. Doug Burgum, who's got his own plan, uh, touting Tammy Miller as um, first female governor of North Dakota. And don't think this isn't about carbon capture. Oh, of course it is. Okay, there's so much money flowing out there to get this carbon capture. They're buying people up, and this is this whole convention. Think about it. All these candidates on the establishment side oppose the abolishment of property tax, all support carbon capture. Okay, they they're big government people. Tom Campbell. I mean, it's like musical chairs. Tom Campbell, as soon as Kelly went to the governor's race, he jumps over to the house race. Does that tell you that these people have no vision for North Dakota? Obviously, they don't. It's not they're a plan. There as a yeah, as it, a bribe, a payoff. It, it's good promote. for my ego to sit in a seat. <laughs> yep. So bottom line, yeah, it's, sad. it's a sad day in North Dakota if we don't get real candidates and get them elected. OK, so how does that process work? I mean, define a real candidate, Charles, because there's a lot of good people out there. And, and Tom Campbell's a good guy. I, I like Tom. I, I, I don't I like Tom, too. I, I, He's a liberal. I don't like all of his politics. Yeah, he sold his land to Bill Gates. What does that tell you? Right. So same with Doug Burgum. Same with, there, there's a lot of good people in North Dakota, but they don't make good Republican candidates. Because, again, I'll go back to the premise I made before that when you don't have a strong opposing party, what do you wind up with? See, let's go a step it, it, It's a check and let's balance. Let's forget the Republican and Democrat. They're not for North Dakota. They're not for the citizens of North Dakota first. They're not statesmen that will represent the people. None of them are. They're representing special interests. And all these lobbyists, out-of-state oil companies, all these things that have got a, a, a grip on our state. And Bill Gates. Bill Gates has $6 billion in Common Core. destroyed our educational system. Charles, we're up against a break. I want to hold you over the top of the hour because I do want to talk about uh, potential political candidates in different uh, seats. This is Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. KLXX AM, Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio. Sean Hannity, weekday afternoon, starting at 2 on Super Talk 1270. Talk of the Town, brought to you by Big Boy. Just get in line. It moves fast. Dakota Pharmacy and Dakota Natural Health Center. We're here to help you stay well. Trademark Realty, Peak Automotive and Service, and Silver Ranch. Welcome back to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. 
American. You're tuned to Talk of the Town on Super Doc 1270. I'm Steve Bach, along with Charles Tuttle, and uh, we'll be getting uh, Marlo Anderson coming up in just a few minutes with the Tech Ranch on this Tech Tuesday on Super Talk 1270. We're talking about uh, Rule Number Ten uh, concerning the Republican Convention, and uh, well, Rick Becker. It's the Rick Becker rule on saying that he can't be endorsed uh, at the party, um, but there's a history of kind of juggling rules around a little bit. Uh, you know, we mentioned uh, uh, Senator Kevin Kramer. We mentioned uh, Governor Doug Burgum. Um, different rules for different folks, my friends. Um, but a lot going on behind the scenes. Um, I want to get into your take on some of the candidates and some of the statewide races. Um, uh, something that you've got a passion for. I want to start with uh, DPI. Uh, Kirsten Baszler uh, running again. You've actually run against her in the past. Um, and I know one candidate, very viable, uh, that had intentions of running for DPI last time around. And uh, Kirsten begged him not to run. Please, I'm, I'm only running for one more term. I've got some stuff I want to finish up. But, gee, now she's running again. So... She's <laughs> <laughs> the most corrupt, most immoral uh, person we've ever had in public office, I think, in North Dakota. She has totally destroyed education. Our proficiency scores are so low. They're trying to blame COVID, but they were going down when we fought the Common Core battle. And she's just lied to everybody. She doesn't. These audits are coming out. It looks like schools have become a money laundering scheme. And they just, I mean, we're talking about $600 million that the Fargo School District is talking about on a bond issue, half a billion dollars. And it's absurd. You know, we've got, we've got buildings on Harvard campuses and, and UND that are 100 years old, and they're beautiful old buildings. They're not, they're not in, 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 we don't need to be spending the taxpayers' money like this. And, and what they're doing is they're trying to take the eye off the ball. The ball is education. And Kirsten has been very successful in taking that eye off the ball. Because right now, we can't even really figure out a lot of the proficiencies. Now, she did tell some legislators that we have schools with zero proficiency. And I don't understand that. How these kids, and she got what, a $2 billion budget now? $2 billion we're spending? And yet the taxpayers are still funding schools unconstitutionally through property tax. It's, it's just terrible. Well, Williston was a perfect example. $375 million in question. And we can't even get the sheriffs to look at all this missing money and look at see if there's a crime there. They won't even look at it. All right. So I want to move on to uh, some of the other races. Um House race. That's probably the one that's, well, we've just been talking about the, the Becker rule. Um, and that well, one that's is. A joke too. We got Tom Campbell, who played musical chairs here the other day. He was running for governor. And then all of a sudden he sees that, that uh, you know, Kelly's running. So obviously he doesn't have any vision for whatever it is he wants to do with the spot he wants. Just wants to so see. So he moves over to the House race. Well, okay. So. You mentioned the musical chairs, and and I I can point fingers at uh, Dr. Rick Becker as well. Um, He's bounced around a little bit for some different uh, seats. Um, I I would say in Rick's case, it's probably timing and some establishment working against him. Uh, But, you know, you can say that... Well, he has a message. Rick has a message. There is a platform. There's substance that goes along with that platform. Yes. I mean, he's out there taking positions. Uh, these guys, you know, look, they're going to, I guarantee you, all of the establishment people are for the carbon capture. They're against abolishing property tax. They they want big government. Rick is the opposite. Rick is running to stop the things that are happening to destroy our state. Wait a minute. We already have big government. You mean it can get, it can get bigger? Oh, yeah. It's going to get bigger. <laughs> they want it bigger. Hey, the more money we have, we have to have a bonfire because we can't give it to the people. No. We need the government's the only one that can provide and make and create jobs through commerce. Well, that that, that was the funny part on, uh, you know, I, I've said this all along, and, and actually my mindset changed a little bit when I figured this out, but, um, it, you know, people have wanted tax, property tax reform 
not relief for a long time. I remember those conversations going back to 2012. And people wanted the reform, not relief. And the legislature is always like, hey, we've given relief. And they have. And, and then I got figuring it out that, wait a minute, you're giving me my own money back that you shouldn't have taken in the first place. Well, they didn't give it back to you. They gave it back to the, the political subdivision. Political subdivision, Senate. yeah. That now, $843 million buy-down should have cut everybody's property tax in half. It went right to the political subdivisions, and all of them grew government. And they all have big bank accounts. I mean, you know, you know the Beacon Hill study that was done on abolishing property tax in North Dakota actually shows that they would eliminate 10,000 government jobs in North Dakota. In the first year, that's a win-win for everybody. That is definitely a win. Um, okay, so I want to come back to the next statewide race. Um, you know. Well, let's talk about the insurance commissioner, John Godfrey. Okay, he's on the investment board. We've been losing money on the investment board for I don't know how long now. We need to bring all that money back. I asked John, John, why are we allowing Wall Street to lose us money? And he's like, well, what do you propose we do about it? I said, we can put it in a basement and probably do better than what we're doing now. That's a position that's up. Tax commissioner. Anybody uh, remember we have our own bank? Well, yeah. yeah, we have our own bank. We could have a mint. Put that money to work. Silver. Put that money to work. We could be doing to enhance the wealth of North Dakota. Not other people, other investment groups. And that's the problem we have. And we've got the same thing with the tax commissioner, Ryan Crocious, and, and, the, and, and Thomas Beadle. These two guys are giving 80%. Look, we have a problem with, with the um, um, Native Agreement. The Native Agreement is charging an extraction and production tax on the reservation. 30% of that is supposed to go into the school land or into the Legacy fund, 10% into the school land trust. So if you have $100 million, $40 million of it off the top is supposed to go into those funds constitutionally. That's not what they're doing. These two clowns are giving the natives 80%, $80 million off the top, and then the 20% is where they're giving the legacy funds. And right now we're short about a billion and a half dollars in the legacy fund because of that transaction that they're doing and about 200 million dollars that should be directly into the funds of our kids so that's two positions that are running right now brian crocious and thomas Beadle. heavily that's supported by governor Burgum, by the way when they assume those positions yes and doug doug Burgum is right along with them allowing that to happen he's he's on he's on the uh the school land trust so he's the chairman he could be pointing that out. We had that fight once when Kelly Schmidt. That's why Kelly Schmidt resigned. All right. I, 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 we're up against a break, and I want to hold you over for one more segment. I apologize, but uh, we're getting into a lot here, and, and I want to get to uh, a public <laughs> service commission uh, race and then, of course, uh, spend some time on the governor's race. Uh, this is Talk at the Town on Super Talk 1270. Super Talk. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. You're tuned to Talk of the Town on Super Town 1270. I'm Steve Bike along with Charles Tuttle. And uh, we're talking about rule number 10 um, concerning the Republican convention. We'll get more information on that coming up in just uh, a little bit later in the program. Uh, down the road, we'll keep following that for you. But uh, we're running through the Republican candidates for the races with statewides, and we'll get to the governors. Uh, Charles, uh, texter Jamie texted in, um, asked Charles if Trump is anti-establishment and the only one 
why does he always endorse rhinos and then promise a rhino like Bergam a spot in his cabinet, uh, which that's conjecture at this point. Either Trump's judgment sucks or he's not really anti-establishment, and yet the Trump loyalists say Ron DeSantis was establishment. Uh, furthermore, if the election was rigged, like Trump always says it was, why is he running again if he can't win? Um, because you have to assume it'd be rigged again, uh, because nothing's been done to fix the election process is what he's been told by Trump loyalists. Um, where's your take on this? Because that's well, a great, that, that's a great let's, question. Let's say one thing. That's a great I, question concerning, concerning Burgum. Right? I, know, I know you're a huge Trump fan. I am too. But it brings and, up a valid point because I know Governor Doug Burgum is a globalist. He's not a Republican, yeah. not a Democrat. He's a yeah. globalist. Yeah. And... Trump has always spoke out against that globalist agenda, but yeah. it seems or at least has the appearance that he's embracing a globalist potentially or at least the thought process for a position in the cabinet, which if it was the secretary of energy or secretary of agriculture, um, which are the two that most people are thinking that would be aligned with Burgum. Again, let, that goes back to me uh, of the CO2 sequestration stuff. He's not going to put Bergam in his cabinet, people. He Bergam ran to Donald Trump. Bergam ran and joined and uh, jumped into the pizza party because he wants he wants to save face. He's embarrassed by what he did. He even stated to Chuck Todd that he would never do business with Trump. He, he they're playing that all over the state now, right? You've seen that going around the Facebook. Yep. His 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 comments about. Uh, Trump versus, and he's in business with, you know, an evil man like Bill Gates. I mean, Doug Burgum is not, not our friend, not the friend of North Dakota. He's not a good governor like Kelly Armstrong keeps pushing out there. He's been horrible for this state, and he's going to be horrible in a Trump administration. Donald Trump is not infallible. I disagree with Donald Trump on the vaccine, always. So. I can have disagreements. Donald Trump is a human being. He is not perfect. Everybody thinks that he knows everything. Does he was very naive. Well, and I'll, I'll, tell, I'll, I'll throw president. two more things out there because the other two failings in, in Trump did policy wise uh, very well. The, the other two failings that I think they were just a little short sighted was the opportunity zones. Uh, that he implemented and the Q45 tax credits, which that's why we've gotten down the road of the carbon sequestration. I think those were very short sighted. So you're right. Yeah. He, he is not infallible. But for the most part, if you get 90 percent of your policy right, you're doing pretty well. Yes. Now, you got to realize I've been in the Republican Party for 40 years. I know every ins and outs. Donald Trump did not. He did not understand that there were people that were going to try and destroy him from day one on our side. You know, everything was a hoax, right? And guess what? Republicans who hate him went along with the Democratic hoaxes. Kelly Armstrong was on the January 6th committee. He wants more money for prosecuting more people. That was a hoax. Kelly Armstrong, is, is he going to talk about that? Is he going to come out and say that that was not an insurrection? Is he going to come out and say, that, yes, the 2020 election was stolen? We know that. Now, the only way that we can win this time, there's only one way. And I work, I work with Dr. Frank. I know Dr. Frank and Mike Lindell, okay? And the only way we're going to beat these people is by overwhelming the polls, overwhelming the election. 81 million votes, it's going to be 91 to 100 million this time. We have to overwhelm them. So it's so obvious they can't. It was obvious before anyone who studied it that they cheated. And North Dakota has the same problem that every other state does. We have ballot drop boxes. They're pushing mail-in voting. They're doing everything in North Dakota. They're doing in all the states that are cheating. And Doug Burgum is the reason with Brian Newby. Oh, my gosh. We have real problems in North Dakota of elections. And Michael Howe has no intellect 
to understand any of these things. Well, you can take a look at what happened through COVID with uh, getting rid of polling places. Uh, it, that was a, a push by Governor Doug Burgum's office to, Amy hey, let's, let's limit the, the polling. Hey, we can, we can do this online. We can uh, do this by mail. We don't need people showing up. Yes. Uh, the, well. you look, Steve, I was the one who sued Doug Burgum of the, on the 2020 election for violating the century code for removing the right to vote in person. You're required, even in, in, in counties that have mail-in voting, you're required to have one in-person polling station open. I stood out in front of the courthouse in Ward County campaigning for DPI, and the media called me and said, why, why are you out in front of a polling place? I'm like, really? You don't know? And they're like, oh, you're trying to make a point. I said, yes. People cannot come here and in-person vote in Ward County. There was nowhere to go. That disenfranchised thousands of votes. And Bergham wrote that executive order in clear violation uh, in an election he was running in. Think about that. He's interfering in his own election by telling auditors they weren't required to have a polling place open. All right, Charles, I'm going to hold you over one more time because uh, Marlo's tied up and we're getting into some interesting stuff. So uh, we'll forego Marlo today and uh, I'll let him know that he can go along his merry way in the airport. Uh, but uh, I want to hold you over for one more break because we do need to get into some of those uh, those other races. The PSC, which right now is vitally important with what's going on with Summit Carbon Solutions sure. for the CO2 pipeline. And of course, the big one, the governor's race. And I still have a feeling there's going to be five or six people that are jumping in or at least maneuvering for that race. This is Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. I'm Steve Bach along with Charles Tuttle. And uh, we'll come back. This is Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. It's all about the pets. Steve Dale's Pet World. Saturday afternoon at 4 on Super Talk 1270. Talk of the Town, brought to you by Big Boy. Just get in line, it moves fast. Dakota Pharmacy and Dakota Natural Health Center. We're here to help you stay well. Trademark Realty, Peak Automotive and Service, and Silver Ranch. Welcome back to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. You're tuned to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. I'm Steve Bagel with, uh, no, not Marlo Anderson, Charles Tuttle joining us. Uh, we're holding him over for at least one more segment. Uh, a lot going on with this upcoming Republican convention and the election, primary time, and uh, so much going on, Charles. But I want to come back to some of the statewide candidates. And um, Public Service Commission is next up. Uh, I wanted to talk about that. Uh, by the way, our conversation started on uh, rule number 10, which I'll call the Rick Becker rule, um, but uh, in saying that he can't be nominated at the convention unless there's a two-third vote to suspend that rule on the floor at the convention. A uh, two-thirds vote, yeah. Two-thirds vote. Um, but I want to come back to some of these other races. So, And, of course, uh, Dr. Rick Becker running for um, uh, the House of Representatives. House. So, yes. Public Service Commission, another statewide, very important with what's going on with carbon sequestration right now. Um, that's turned into a, a very important seat in the landscape of North Dakota, especially when you're looking at different communities that are affected by that proposed Summit uh, Carbon Solutions CO2 pipeline. Yes, and, I, and, and Randy Crispin is the, one of them that's up for re-election, and you know, he, he landed on his sword when he allowed Summit Carbon to have a reconsideration. And my argument has always been with Randy, Randy, these people didn't come with any new information. They just came with an application to reconsider, and you allowed it because you didn't want to have to go through the whole process again. This is about private property rights. And I'm not even sure, in my view, legally, that the Public Service Commission has jurisdiction because townships and counties, they can make ordinances not allowing this bio waste to come through their land. We now have insurance companies, since we've started all of this, that have come out with letters saying that they will not insure these properties that have this, this uh, hazardous material 
shipped through a pipeline on this land. So there's a lot of uh, implications. Well, that's devalue your land. So Charles, that's one of the things that that's one of the things that in in me as mayor of Bismarck and as a Burley County committee that that's the one thing that any politician should be looking for is what are the unintended consequences of anything that you vote for. That that mm-hmm. is first and foremost what if you're going to vote for something who's it going to affect and, and was that an intended consequence or an unintended consequence and you better know the difference and you better know who's going to be out there and put at risk or put in a position of burden because of a decision you make that's part of the reason you're supposed to be a leader and know what you're voting on and, and randy i think has failed there because he allowed this to come back, and he is allowing it to, to fester. It looks very dubious with all the money that these people, the governors, have. Now they're friends of ag. When this thing has nothing to do with ag, it's a private enterprise. Okay, that it shouldn't I, even I, have it. And, and it should not have common carrier status. We've talked about because, this before, Charles, in, in that friends of ag and energy, and I don't know how far mm-hmm. you fi- – Okay, so basically it was a way to funnel money to Scott Hannon for a political agenda. It was a paid political advertisement, um, not dissimilar from a program that is on at a competing radio station for two hours Monday through Friday. Paid political ad. Call it what what you want. That's what it is. But if you take a look at that Friends of Ag and Energy and they build that as, oh, we're building this agenda, this coalition for ag and energy and this united team, because if you throw the word ag on there, People's ears perk up in North Dakota because despite of all the oil and all the money that comes from oil and gas, ag's still number one. So people's, yep. pay, people pay attention. But yeah. if you go and look at their calendar of events, that was the only one, ironically, right before a public service commission that was very important. Yeah. But if this was so important and so transparent and such a good agenda, where, where's the other events? So... We all know now that that was a one-off, and, and many of us thought that before, uh, a paid-for political event that was in sheep's clothing. And yep. we seem to be going down the road where that's becoming the norm rather than outliers in North Dakota. Hey, wa- keep- watch this hand because I'm doing something over here I shouldn't be with the other hand, but pay attention yes. to this one. And we need someone to step up and run against Randy because Randy, you you need to hear this. We need. I've, I've been telling people you need to call Randy and put pressure on him. This is a this is a local control issue, and this is not something that Randy should be out there. He denied it for a reason because Summit was not forthcoming in what they were disclosing about the plume study they refused to give. Well, I don't think um, it existed. How but... they were threatening landowners with eminent domain, the, the tactics that were being used, and now they're, oh, we fired all those people that did that. Yeah, right. I mean, this is a group that and it's, it's Burgum's money, Bill Gates' money. It's a globalist agenda. It steals tax dollars. It's a hoax because the number one carbon emission in North Dakota is flaring. And when Doug Burgum sits there and says we want to be carbon neutral, he's lying to everybody because he's doing nothing about capturing $970 million worth of natural gas that can be piped into all the homes in North Dakota for a very, very low cost or given to farmers for greenhouses. We can have greenhouses throughout the state and use that natural gas to heat those greenhouses, and we can have agriculture year-round. I got to give that credit to that idea that Sean sent my mind. <laughs> Wow, agriculture in North Dakota year-round. That couldn't make money for landowners and farmers, could it? No, 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 no. We would. We won't. We're not, we don't want to benefit those people. <laughs> uh, okay, so again, the public service commission race. Uh, have you heard anybody else jumping in that race? Um, I have not. I, I, I haven't heard anybody on the. De- well, I haven't heard anybody on the Democratic side either. I think uh, I had a I have a lawyer friend that talked about it. We'll see. Okay, interesting. Uh, a race we're going to follow very closely. Uh, tell you what, uh, when we come back from the break, we'll unpack the big one, the governor's race. And I'm still <laughs> hearing a whole 
slew of other candidates that may pop into that. And, and, and maybe it's not handing it over to Kelly Armstrong, um, which I, I think Kelly's a, a good candidate. But uh, are there other candidates no, out there? No, he's not. No, he's okay, not. Okay, we'll have Sorry. that. We'll have that conversation when we come back. Charles Tuttle, uh, this is Talk of the Town on Super Talk 12-7. Super Talk. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Welcome back to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. You're tuned to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. I'm Steve Bakken along with Charles Tuttle. We're breaking down uh, some of the political races as uh, things are. Uh, ramping up, heading to the Republican convention uh, that is going to be taking place here in North Dakota in Fargo. And uh, we're breaking down some of the, the political seats out there. We just talked about Public Service Commission and that race on the Republican side. And, and um, you know, just to be a little remiss, I believe uh, Hammer was jumping in on uh, the House race um, statewide and... Uh, uh, Christina Christensen was jumping in on uh, one of the races as well. She ran last time uh, for a seat. So there are some Democratic candidates that are popping up here and there. Um, governor's race, the, the big one, Charles. And uh, we've got a a governor who's not running for his third term. Um, and this is where this gets interesting because I think there may be more than just the candidates that we know have announced that are hopping into the race, because I still keep going back to uh, Lieutenant Governor Brent Sanford before he resigned. Um, Bergen was trotting around Tammy Miller, who's the current Lieutenant Governor, as the future Governor of North Dakota, uh, 18 months prior to his resignation. Um, and in no small way, I, I tend to believe that that might have been some of the impetus behind getting out of that office. Uh, for the lieutenant governor. Um, so there's some other names that are out there, and I want to kind of speed round this a little bit with you. Uh, Kelly Armstrong is running for governor uh, from his House seat. Uh, we've got the Hope and Secession plan, which we talked about a little bit earlier, and, and I keep hearing that Drew Wrigley still is a potential viable candidate. Um, which, 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 that's, that's scary. which that's I would, scary. but I would think that that would put, uh, um, Julie Fedorchek back in play, who is going back to the PSC, recused herself from the hearings with Summit Carbon Solutions because there's a benefit for her and her property personally, her family's property yeah, personally. She's taking millions of dollars. Yeah. So Summit. she's recused herself for that. And, and rightly so, rightly so. But, uh, if Drew Wrigley's viable, then you got to think, especially with the conflicts with PSC, and if there's a bigger picture with carbon sequestration dollars that are out there, is Julie Fedorchek's name a viable name that uh, could pop into that race? What, what What are your thoughts? I, I don't see that. I think the machine's making up its mind. I do see Tammy Miller as a problem. I don't. Does anybody even know where this woman comes from? All of a sudden, she was hired by. Bergham as the CEO of North Dakota. I didn't even know what that was. I didn't well, know there was such a thing. It was made um, up. It, it, it was a made up position, and uh, yeah, she actually she actually came from a, a big um, electric company in Fargo. These are uh, but these are people that are anointed by the kingmaker. Those are the people we really should probably work uh, worry about. The door check is not a, a okay. non issue. I don't. I the, don't there's that, as a, there's that, that. We really need a, a, a we need a a patriot person. Okay, there's that term that, again, though, Charles, kingmaker. There's that term again. We talked about it earlier. Mm -hmm. But my question is, who's the kingmaker? Because right now, I see a couple different factions that work against each other. You've got the Hoven secession plan. You've got the Burgum secession plan. Well, you, hold on, hold on. Burgum anointed Hoven, gave him the green light to cheat at the convention. So Hoven's beholden to Burgum. 
not otherwise. People need to realize how this all has worked out. Perry Schaefer is a henchman. There's a letter that went out. They're actually we've got a pact to, to pay to get delegates to the convention to go their way. So this is still the Burgum show, the globalist show. This is about the globalist movement. The North Dakota is ground zero for the globalist movement because it has everything. That, uh, it's the only state in the union that actually can be its own country. Bank, mill, agriculture. Like you said, agriculture makes more money still than oil and gas. It has energy. It is ground zero. This is the epicenter of everything. People don't realize that. And we've got to give it back to the people. It's been taken away from the people. So, the, you know, Kelly's not going to be that, that guy. Kelly's not proven. What has Kelly actually done in the, in the House of Representatives? Nothing. But vote against things that we, we don't vote for. So, you know, he, he's all for the carbon capture. He's all against abolishing property tax. He, he was against shared parenting. I've had so many run-ins with Kelly through the years. It just, it just shows that he's not for the people. Well, he won't be a governor for the people. We need a governor for the people. None of these people care about North Dakota citizens, North Dakota economy. They don't. They grow government. They're globalists. That's the problem we have. All right. So, so, so as far as any other potential candidates, are you hearing are there any other names? Because we talk about Tom Campbell, I too, who switched over. Names, so. I can't disclose those names. And they would be great choices. So there's been several. And, uh, you know, uh, you're one of them, by the way. I should say that. Here. I should say I didn't that. say that I out loud. I think you would be a no. great governor. Okay? As I do. I Hon- honest, honest, Charles, I, I would have run against Doug Burgum. Because Doug Burgum, I, I think part of the reason Doug Burgum is getting out of the race right now is he understands, as narcissistic as he is, that his zenith of power is on the backslide. He's got the most power he could ever have right now in North Dakota, right now. I would agree not, with that. Not popular. he would not win the convention. You no. know that, right? Well, and, and I don't think he could win a statewide election at this point. He's not a popular governor. I, I see a lot of people that are looking at what's going on with commerce and what's look, going on with DHS. And conservatives across the state of North Dakota are going, wait a minute, he's not our guy. He, he's not no. the guy. So, we cannot forget COVID, people. We cannot forget all the people that died, all the jobs that were lost, all the businesses that were closed by this governor. And we didn't see Hovind Kramer or Armstrong standing against him. Well, and, so they're and, and, not for North Dakota people. And, and Tammy Miller in that vein, too, because I, as Mayor of Bismarck, I was part yeah. of the big city mayor uh, meetings we had every Friday during COVID. And she was in charge of running those meetings. And there was nothing other than shut it down, shut it down, shut it down, close businesses. It, the things I had to fight for, you shouldn't think you have to fight for in North Dakota. I hear you. You shouldn't. Ha- there are things that we should take for granted that we're going to keep businesses open. We're going to keep a free and open society. There's a lot of things that you need to stand up for in North Dakota, and I didn't think that was going to be some of them. Charles, uh, very interesting conversation. Thanks for uh, the two hours this morning. Uh, this is Talk yeah. of the Town on Super Talk 1270. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow on a Wattage Wednesday with Jason Spees. LXX AM, Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.